Welcome to the lounge. I know it's been a little while, and I've I've been sitting on this one for a little bit, so I apologize. I'll have lots of goodness for you because I am uh, recording this in Columbus, ready to go to Origins. But before you get all that fun goodness, I have a great, great interview for you with Dyer Rose and Forrest of the San Inero Co-op. They're talking about San Inero Short Games Digest Quarterly. They're just this community of freelance gamers. It's uh, it's this opportunity for people who are looking to do game design, who are looking to do interesting games, to learn how to do it. So check this out. I'll see you on the other side. I have listened to a couple of episodes okay. um, in preparation, obviously. Cool. Um, I hadn't heard about you before, so I'm super excited to listen more. Oh, yeah, thank you. Um, yeah. Yeah, Nova, Nova directed us to you. Uh, I think you helped them with Sundown. Yes. Um, that was such a great, that was such fun to do. Um, I actually was just looking through that book just before I went to that party that was boring. Um, <laughs> but, uh um yeah i mean my so i it's weird because i've had a couple people on that have been like oh yeah i've listened to what people listen to this um sometimes i feel like i'm talking to the void but i'm not um so uh i that's why i'm excited to have you guys on talking about um this this co-op what's what's the like name of it what's the title of it the uh, San Gennaro Co-op. I think that's how you pronounce it. I feel like San Gennaro and San Gennaro is going to alternate depending on <laughs> how white you are. <laughs> Fair enough, yeah. Fair. Yeah. Okay, so the San Gennaro. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try saying it the right way because um, co-op. And talk to me about, like, like, how did this come about? Oh, well, we were talking about um, some of the bad stuff that sort of went down in the games industry in the past few months um, and started thinking about how all of these sort of problems are, are really endemic in, in just about any industry, but more so in games because people sort of seem to expect you to put up with more more crap, frankly, because you're doing something that you love to do. And uh, I think that's basically where the idea started was kind of, well, we can fix this. We can band together. It it really is kind of um, conceptualized as like a proto-union. So as we get bigger and and stuff, we, we hope to see more people kind of band together and, and try to do the same thing because everybody deserves to be able to make a living doing something they can enjoy. Like if you want to make games and not die of starvation, like that should be an achievable goal. At least I think so. So. 
Especially yeah, it, was a, it was a lot of oh go ahead no 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 you you go ahead <laughs> uh, yeah but I was just saying yeah it was just a lot of us riffing on on like how we wish things could change and then someone was like well like there's a lot of us here why why don't we just do that <laughs> <laughs> wait wait can we we can do that can't we um, and yeah it's you know just uh, even if even if it's not like you know because it's all profit share model so it's like all of our work, that money isn't going into like one person or, you know, a company coffer that only one or two people have access to. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a nice, you know, it's, it's the kind of thing where you would expect uh, as, as an industry gets a little bit more mainstream um, to see it. And I'm, I'm kind of surprised it's not something that's come up before. Um, has there, have you heard of anything like this in the gaming space? I certainly haven't, but I'm relatively new. I've okay. never made anything before. So I, I think I've, I think there's, and I don't even remember the name of them. I think there is a video game company, um, that operates in a very similar where there's no bosses sort of thing. Okay. Um, but I don't remember the name of it. I, I think it actually came up in our in our Discord channel when someone was talking about, you know, in the game space sort of thing. But uh, oh no, it was a Twitter thread uh, where someone in a, from our Discord group mentioned it. But but I haven't really seen much around the same time. There were some other people coming up with their own ideas on making it a more inclusive, safer area, kind of proto union style stuff. But mm -hmm. uh, this exact model or models very similar to this. I haven't seen anything. Okay. I guess, and just bear with the fact that I'm a, an old gamer, um, uh, not not old like I'm stuck in the, the games that I thought were great back in the day, but old like <laughs> I played all those games, um, and uh, and they're not good. Um, but uh, <laughs> but like I I can remember there being this this kind of weird. You know, I mean, Kevin C. Embedda and um, <laughs> oh God, uh, Steve Jackson, and you know, these guys were like, it, it just felt like they didn't like each other, and everybody hated Dungeons and Dragons, and you know, it was like, but I I own all these books, like <laughs> my shelf has all of your books on there, not like I'm not saying, oh well, I'm gonna get GURPS books and not. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I guess it just makes sense to say, hey, let's uh, let's lift all gamers up, like like all game designers, I should say. Yeah. Um. The the allegory of the rising tide lifts all ships. Right. Yeah. Seems right. so good, and I wish that it was more widespread. It's. It's a, a fantastic model to, to look at. Um, you know, heck, I, I feel like corporate could corporate organizations could look at that a little bit better, um, but I won't. I'm, I'm, well, yeah, I'm pretty sure most most people that have done research is like this would be a far more efficient and would like be better pay for you to do it this way. But, you know, that's not how people do it because power. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. But my executive bonus. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, 
Now you've you've got your first um, your first quarterly. Uh, is it a zine or is it a full magazine? It, well, it's it's going to be where I, I know we've thrown around the possibility of having a mid-level soft cover, but it's definitely it's either going to be hardcover and PDF, Ooh. but it might also include a soft cover. Uh, we're talking like 12 games in this first one. Really? Yeah. yeah. And that's going to be the standard as we're going forward and possibly more as more people get on board. Oh, that's awesome. Um, all of them are like four to 24 page self-contained RPGs that you can, you don't need like, it's not like this is Dungeon World and you need to go get the Dungeon World. It's all like you only need the book. Okay. And then you get like these 12 games. That's very cool. And uh, what's what's the name of the quarterly? I think we're just going with the Short Games Digest. Yeah, the San Yanero Co-op Short Games Digest okay. Volume 1 slash whatever volume it would be. That's, that's just, you know... That's just a great. That's you, you name a thing, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> no one's ever gonna wonder what is this when they read the title. <laughs> it's, I mean, that's that also takes me back to the days of of early gaming because you know in the eighties you'd see all these gaming magazines and you're like, I don't know if this is video games or tabletop games and I'm gonna be really disappointed with one of those. So. <laughs> um or both which would just have to disappoint me um but not that i'm at like anti-video game but, but anyways um i yeah so the small games ta tell me about some of the games that will be in it. i mean don't give away the farm but you know uh do you want to cover this first heather uh well i could uh since, since you wrote one of them yeah, that that's true. It's my first game. It's it's um I guess the mechanics are, are a little bit universal. There's nothing saying you couldn't run your own game in it. But uh the game that I've written has been about going out finding large things and using them as telephone poles <laughs> in a sort of post apocalyptic far future type of setting. Um it makes a whole lot more sense uh in writing <laughs> we'll just put it that way um no one of the things that was a the first challenge was sort of everybody assigned each other themes and i got uh wandering through a graveyard of monuments and mm. of course my brain immediately went telephone poles of course so <laughs> it basically that, just that may up, just be me basically to set up like communication right yeah exactly yeah my thought was my thought was what would what would a person who lives in sort of, like I said, this sort of post-apocalyptic but far future, so it's not it's not Mad Max, but it's, you know, three generations later, what would they do with the Statue of Liberty? You know? Well, okay. hang some wire off it, talk to China. You know? <laughs> of course. <laughs> Turn it in. You know, by the way, I have to say that that may be the best elevator pitch i've ever heard for a game um <laughs> because you said going out and finding large things to use as telephone poles and then added in a post-apocalyptic setting and my reaction was you know the large things you say telephone poles my re immediate reaction was shock you gave me the pause to get to the laughter 
and then threw in in a post-apocalyptic setting, at which point I went, oh, <laughs> of course. But the like, thing that worked for me when she, was, uh, when she was telling me about it and we were riffing on it, and I was like reading it, I was like, okay, I get what this is going. I'm getting like a post-apocalyptic vibe because it's not really, at the time anyway, it wasn't really spelled out. And they're like, yeah, that's, that's what I, and I was like, well, you sold that without ever having to actually kind of spell it out. <laughs> That's that's really really cool. I love those games that are so niche, like like what it is to have this job or or figure. So out. you're yeah you're gonna that that's a lot of what this is. Um, when we sign up for each volume, everyone who's working on it puts in two themes or or you know catches or you know Ideas. this little requirement idea. And then those go randomized and tossed out. Um, it's all for you know fun and wanting a good thing. So obviously, if you're like, I hate my idea, we'll be allowed mulligans. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's yes. just the kind of the starting area. Um, and you don't have and to like stick to it too, um, you know, too, too, too rigidly. Tightly. Yeah. I'm so excited. Somebody in volume two got one of my pitches, which was extreme pizza delivery. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, there's a, I, I know, um, I think it was Pixel, uh, one of them got uh, their theme in this one was Cherusco. That was just it. And they had to work with that. <laughs> um, it's just like, there's a lot of really cool, like random, and almost all of them are coming at you with their own kind of system. It's not like most of them aren't like, oh, we took D20 and we made this, or we took Dungeon World and we made this. Um, Fractals, uh, yesterday is tomorrow. Today is one of the ones I love the aesthetics for it, and I did the. Oh, I, yeah. I want to mostly do the art for it right now for for the book, um, and I loved working on the art for this. And it's it's the easiest way for me to describe it. Like, is I mean, think of the expanse, but if it was like 1950s, 60s retro sci-fi. Oh my God, I love that so much. Um, you know where it's like you know. The, it, the theme was rocket punk, I think, was just all that was there with it. And so you're playing the rocket punks out on the belt, and you got the, you know, corporate guys back on Earth that are, and it, because it's retro sci-fi, all of the solar system planets have their own type of alien, and, you know, humans are kind of dominating all of that. Um, and just, and the, the mechanic there is a coin flip or a D2, however you want to convey that. Um, and then they have their own because it's all rocket punk and it's got that like 1960s vibe. They have a system that they call the cosmic swing that is all like the the steps of the system as you're going through conflict resolution are all based on like rock forward, rock back, like swing music. <laughs> um, oh, that's so cool. So you just you got a lot of like fun experimental little systems and you know just people who are like, hey, let's try this out, which we don't get a lot of because big companies making games are like, we know people like this and we know people know this, so we're going to keep selling this system. It didn't sell in Peoria. You can't make a game like that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So like every one of these games is just going to have its own little weird system for the most part that, you know, you can play around with. And That's, um, I, I'm really excited about that. I like the idea that, that you're pushing away from, um, you know, people just like rejiggering the, the the D20 system or, you know, a Dungeon World or something like that, um, powered by Apocalypse. Um, yes. 
it's always fun to see some of the new systems that people come up with. I find I find new and, and different systems to be just a really fascinating look into how people visualize reactions to things. You know what I mean? Like, like the mechanics of my game are actually based on an idea that I came up with with a friend like a million years ago, and he he took it in one way, and I took it in this other way. But it was all based around everything that you do, whether you're a tiny little microbe up to like I don't know Thanos with the glove <laughs> making the snappies. Mm-hmm. Everything is how you initiate, react to, or resist change so it becomes sort of like this nine nine spot grid that uh you kind of figure out okay there's there's three different three basic types of change if you look at it from a human perspective right there's physical mental and, and social and there's sort of three things that you can do when change comes your way you can initiate it you can deal with it or you can resist it right so three by three you've got your nine and like that plays out very differently than somebody going, okay, well, here's your number. That's your target. Roll this D20. Do you beat it? Do you not? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And it, it sort of, it hints at different ways of seeing the world. And that's what I love about these little games that we're running. They're like these cool glimpses into this person sees the resolution of something in this way. And it really imparts a different flavor to the games that we write and the situations that we want to describe. And sometimes you can't do a certain thing in whatever system you're used to. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the story you want to tell has to come from different rules. So, yeah, it's it's wonderful. That's a fascination of mine, too, to, to see the different ways people have of like interacting with with what is essentially uh, a narrative and and saying and this is how I'm going to gamify what this narrative is and how we interact with the, the narrative together um, and you know I, I my fascination does stem from like having played lots of systems growing up um, I shouldn't say growing up growing old uh, <laughs> I don't know when you started growing up could work too. It's true. Um, like I got started when I was like eight. So yeah. I, I definitely know that I was, well, my first time playing Dungeons and Dragons, I was seven. Um, and it was a group of older kids that didn't want me to play. So they made it terrible for me. Um, and I didn't. And then when I was 10, uh, somebody bought me Marvel superheroes, the phase rep system. Phase rep. Yes. Um, oh, Dyer, you're going to love this. I actually just had a custom shirt made uh, that, you know, the the, sh- the the T-shirts that people have that's like blank and blank and blank and. Oh, you. Oh, my God. Are you kidding? The, the Helvetica shirts. It's funny. You got it face rip? Oh, my God. I need that shirt. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. I need that shirt. Yep. I'm going to be. It's. I got it for oh. the conventions uh, this <laughs> this summer so um that is amazing yeah i will i will uh you know i i will uh, i don't i don't know how to make other ones 
I'll figure. Maybe I'll have to. Figure yeah, I mean, I, I have a print-on-demand shirt shop, so if that's not something that like you can link me and I can buy it from whoever made it, I can just make my own. I think I. But that is a can. genius idea. So but yeah, I'll definitely, I'll definitely support you or whoever you know <laughs> you you got the design from if if that's available. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, no, I, I, yeah, I actually, I actually did it. But uh, so, anyways, that that aside. Um, but that's you know that was my first like real game system and then it was like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Paranoia and Palladium Cyberpunk and yeah. yeah yeah I I actually cut my gaming teeth on on riffs did you yeah I was yeah, a, yeah. Was it informs big... how much I hate RPG combat <laughs> oh god wait, wait it's your turn and I go next I'm gonna run the I'm gonna run the Jack in the Box I'll be right back. <laughs> oh man, I will tell you the first serious fight I ever got into in a in a tabletop RPG. We were playing uh, Rifts. My friend Des was running it. He was he he was an incredible GM because he made Rifts fun. And <laughs> but the first real time we had to get into a big combat with like more than like one dumb little monster, it was literally fourteen hours. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Yeah, so like now that we're off on crazy riffs tangents, um, you know, that was one of Robotech riffs, TMNT, Ninja Super Spies, Palladium was one of my first on top of Marvel and D&D. Um, and, you know, it like that was my game for a while. Like that was my system for a while. I loved making characters because there's just so many things mm -hmm. and like, um, but then I was like, oh man, this is bad when I got into, you know, a bunch of other games. Yeah. But every once in a while, years go by, five, six, seven years, and you just think back and you're like, man, Rifts was such an in-depth world, had so much cool shit. Why don't I play Rifts anymore? And so you pull it out and all your friends like halfway through are like, I hate you. Yeah. Um, and so then the next time that happens, I'm like, man, why don't we play Rifts anymore? Everyone goes, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we get about halfway through uh, character creation and go, oh wait, this is why we don't play Rift anymore. That was Bad. that was Shadowrun for us. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Shadowrun yeah. character creation. Anyway, this isn't about riffing on bad games. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we can do an entire episode of that if you ever want. I'm on board. <laughs> oh, I feel like I need to do that at some point. Um, <laughs> Oh, man, but the great thing is, our games are awesome. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> you know, I, it's funny because I uh, one of the things we talked about with Misdirected Work was doing um, doing uh, 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 present not presentations. Um, what you gonna call it? Uh, talks. What are those things called? Brain and smart. Um, <laughs> but like doing. I don't know. It, I don't know what you think you're trying to say, so I can't. Yeah. <laughs> When a group of people are are asking other people questions at a convention, Q and A panel, yeah, yeah panel. panel. Thank you. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> good thing I'm editing this. Of course, I'm not going to remove that because I'm... <laughs> um, they were talking about doing a panel, and oh man, a bad games panel would have been fun. Uh, <laughs> And funny. Oh, well. well, yeah, I'm 100% serious, man. If you end up wanting to get a bunch of people together and just riff on bad games, I am there. I'm all about that. <laughs> I have so many stories to share. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, definitely. Um, right, well, we'll put a pin in that for, oh, for later. Totally. totally. <laughs> um, but, but like, the, the idea that, that think, think about 
I mean, so since since you both had that experience of, of playing those games, like think about that time period and like imagine at that point going, oh no, there's like hundreds of systems you can play. Like you can just come up with a system to make the game you want to make. Yeah, and I mean, we still see that a lot because so many people are just like, D&D is the only game that exists. Right. You yeah, know? and it's like, you know, I like, you know, it's like, oh man, we're going to play this, you know, we're, we're, we're playing this superhero, we're playing this Avengers game. I'm like, oh, what system are you using? They're like 5e. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, but why? <laughs> like, there are so many superhero systems. What are you doing? <laughs> you know, it's like, like I understand, I understand modding okay? games to, to do things that you like or to play games that you like. And like, if you really love a system, sure. But like, there are better games for what you want to do, like, you know, depending on what you want to do, like yeah. better systems that will work better. And just so many people are like, square block, round peg, we're doing this. Well, and it's, it's, it's like, if it's not made for the thing, one, I, I will go back to Rifts for one second, because it's, yeah. it is why I came, kind of came back into gaming after taking a hiatus. Mm -hmm. And I just decided I wanted to play Rifts again but I never wanted to play Palladium again. Mm -hmm. So I started like, oh, am I going to make a conversion or something like that? And about that time, they announced um, Savage Rifts. Savage Rifts? Yeah. yeah. And so my first time playing Savage Worlds was when I ran Rifts at a local game store. <laughs> and I did not plan nearly enough. <laughs> <laughs> because the combat mm -hmm. in Savage Worlds is actually quite a bit quicker than Savage yeah. Rifts. Since yeah. then, I've oh, played yeah. games that are way faster than that. Yeah, the last time I did Rifts, we just did a, just did a fate. And yeah. Fate hack. And I didn't even write anything up for it. We just winged it because we both knew fate and Rifts really, like both two of the, me and the other main guy and then our friends, but we two knew fate and Rifts both well enough. Yeah. We didn't have to hack shit. We just made it up on the fly. <laughs> sure, if you know a setting well enough. Uh, yeah, you could definitely do that. Um, what was it? What was the the process like? Reaching out to to people to do, design these. Oh, we, what we ended up doing is just sort of setting a dedicated channel on the Discord server we're in, mm -hmm. and just everybody was like, "Here's the thing I made. Rip it apart. Help me figure it out." And people stepped up, and it was wonderful. It was like. You remember kindergarten art class where like you have to pass the pace because the other guy ate it? Sure. Just like that, except way better at like snacks. But everybody made fun of the guy that ate the pace and it was so good. Yeah. But see, we all <laughs> were the guy that ate the pace, right. so we were so much nicer to each other. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean it it the call came from inside the building. Like we didn't go out to get anyone like that's a fairly big discord server uh olivia hills discord server and there's can you see how many people are in these things uh, uh, yeah hold on let me see uh, 153 offline 75 online two admins so you know you got like 250 people in here already and so when we were you know riffing on hey we want to change the game industry we want to you know make games on our terms um, and everyone who said, yeah, that sounds cool. Uh, we all just hopped over and then said, okay, who wants to do this? And people jumped in. Wow. Yeah. Uh, it and was... then, yeah. And then we just started rolling from there. Second volume, we got a couple more people rolled in. I think we're up to about a soft two dozen, or a soft two dozen at this point, people involved. 
That's fantastic. Yeah, at least. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, then and I, mean, I, I should mention, sorry to oh, interrupt. Sure. I should mention we've we've got somebody who came in specifically to help us make our, our documents accessible for yeah. like people with disabilities. And uh, and Olivia's taking care of the uh, layout, but uh, I know there's at least a couple of people helping and learning how to do that as part yeah, that, of all this. So it's not that just would, that, would, that would be me. Uh, yeah, there we go. See, I, I, I was the one that really pushed for that when volume one was almost done. And I was like, so this is going to be accessible to blind readers, right? And Liv was like, ooh, we need to like pre prep the document for that. And that didn't happen. And I was like, well, I want this to happen. So and Nem was like, hey, I know a person they do it professionally. I'm sure they'll come in help out. Um, so they're going to make sure volume one is up and running. But I just I've been spending a couple of days going through and figuring out how that whole process works. Um, because it's important for me that our products are accessible to blind viewers. So that's that's amazing. Um, you know, I know a few people, a few of the people I follow on Twitter um, who are are blind or hearing impaired. Um, you know, one of them I was talking to, and they're like, "Yeah, you know, I play, you know, D and D, and don't really play anything else because I don't know how to play anything else, and it's not accessible." Wow. You know, and so it's like it's like. Yeah, you know, so it's like, well, I really want to make sure that, you know, we you can play our games or, yeah. you know, other, other people can play our games. So, huh, that's that's awesome. What a what a great way to what a great way to to build a, a di more diverse community. Um, I'm amazed that more people aren't, you know, it's one of the things that I ended up researching. Um, uh, after I talked to the the Grassroch uh, team there, it was um, like, how can I make the, a podcast more accessible? Um, and that's uh, it's it's hard. <laughs> but uh, uh, so I don't know. I'm going to interrupt you there while I'm thinking sure, about sure. it because I don't know. It's not perfect. Mm -hmm. uh, but what is that called? There's a. I'm using it for my my streams now. Um, there is a uh transcript a free transcription software that runs through a browser um that i'm using for my streams right now so that might be useful to you if you don't know it okay yeah i, um, I found a few different options um and i just haven't explored too much um i decided to look at like a transcription service to see like oh well can yeah text and stuff and, no no yeah, i mean i mean obviously if you have the budget for it a you know, something you paid for or a service is probably going to be better are still the one, the free one we're using still catches some uh, interesting and funny <laughs> typos out of it. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, for being free, it's pretty rad. Um, and so for my D&D &D game, all seven of us have, um, have text transcription with our stream. Oh, that's good. Just like live. Awesome. Um, yeah, what is it called? I'm blanking on the name because I already have it all updated. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll get I'll get it to you. Sure. I'll get it to you uh, after this. You can take a look at it. it might I'll be drop a to link too, because uh, I think a lot of people could utilize something like that. Yeah, I'll I'll hit you that, and I'll hit you. I found while I was investigating, and you know, might as well. We want to make this place better for everyone, even if it's not through us. I'll drop off also because I found a website that's just like a step-by-step -step tutorial on making PDFs accessible to blind readers. So. Oh, fantastic. So I'll throw both of those at you. Hopefully we get yeah. more uh, inclusion that way. I love it. Um, 
yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm really jazzed about like being able to kind of bring this to like the misdirected Mark side of things because, um, the, we've, we, uh, this community that, that I get to be part of is, is so inclusive. And so like, we want to just open it up as much as possible. Um, and we want different things. Um, uh, uh, Phil, for, who's on the Misdirected Mark show and Pandas Talking Games, coined a term called polygamerous. Um, and it is the term that has described the way I've always played games. So um, I don't know if he, and maybe he didn't invent that. I, I'm not going to give him full credit for that. But <laughs> that's where you heard it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's where I first heard it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I've heard other people, I think, maybe credit him do it, but I don't know if I've ever heard him do it. But anyways, um, but yeah, I mean, that's, it's, uh, it's so cool to see, you know, these designers. It's also like, you know, th there, there comes a point where you're going to want to backfill, like, like these companies will want to backfill people and, if those people have just been doing it for free, you might lose some people who are like really talented because they don't want to be broke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not being able to survive sucks. Yeah. That's how it does. Um, is that, was that part of the, the process as well as to kind of like, like spotlight new, new faces for the game absolutely industry. okay definitely yeah definitely uh getting some new 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 blood out there new faces definitely get them spotlight one of the things nem brought up on their uh, liam ginty of sandy pug games who's one of our mentors um brought up in one of our first interviews was the cover of the um of the thing right now we're working on Basically, for the cover art we took, we took three of the games and we kind of chose a character from that, and those three are going to appear on the cover. Mm -hmm. um, and I think two of the three are all people who um, have never have never published a game before. Wow. Um, so it's kind of cool that, you know, it's like I've never published a game before and uh, my character's on the cover. Like, you know, that's something that, you know, you're not always going to get when you're coming into a big company and, you know, throwing out something. Sure. You, I mean, I, I feel like with a lot of the bigger companies, what you'll hear is, you know, hey, they used two sentences of what I wrote of the, you know, 30 pages <laughs> I wrote. Right. Yeah. Also, also, you know, with the, the you know, where was I going with that? Man, I just lost that. Never mind. I'll come back to it if I think about it. <laughs> we thread and de-thread as we go <laughs> right right <laughs> so so uh dire have you done game design uh like i said i have a uh, before um i have a very light um design cred at this point i did some dm's guild stuff um and you know way back around, I've, I've always modded okay. uh whatever games i'm running and I've, I've always extensively done heavy mods or you know, done the the hack thing um, to to fit systems I like into other things. The thing I was saying people shouldn't do. You know, I do that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but I also play a lot of systems, so I feel like it's okay. 
but for the current, uh, just been mostly focusing on, I'm basically the only one in the co-op right now who's fielding art. Okay. Um, so I have like, I think I did did about eight or nine. Luckily, it's not full color because of, of cost and trying to keep cost low so that it's accessible to people. Uh, luckily, it's not full color, but I think I did eight or nine uh, images last month for the or the first month for the volume one. Um, <laughs> uh, this, this, this one for volume two has slowed down a little bit because I'm in the process of getting set up in a new office space that I just got and got a new computer and I'm kind of getting situated so it's slowed down a bit but yeah I'm mostly coming down my my time is devoted to the art over the the writing right now at some point I would definitely like to get on one of these as a writer yeah because uh, I have a lot of I have a lot of experience playing a lot of different games and modding a lot of different games but coming at a completely different uh just pulling it pulling a system out of my ass would be interesting and something that I've had some uh some issues with in the past, but I feel like having seen a lot of these mm -hmm. and seen just kind of the really wild ways that people have taken it, I feel like it's given me a good grasp on that. I, I mean, it sounds to me like like that would be, uh, you know, I, I feel like I feel like anything you design would have a familiarity to it. Familiarity. I did not say that word super great. All right. Anyways. Um, but, it's a good uh, thing you're editing. Yeah. Uh, I'm still not going to edit that, though. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, just because of you've done modding, like I feel like it would be like, oh, this feels like a system I've played before. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, now, uh, Forrest, um, you, th this is your first game, right? Yes, it is. And... What made you want to design games in the first place? Um, well, like I said, I've I've always kind of looked at how stuff can be sort of conceptualized or demonstrated. Mm -hmm. um, I also uh, I really like writing stories as well. And one thing that I found that as time went on and I got more experience at playing games with other people is that really when you're you're playing an RPG you're just telling a story and you've got like a teammate you know <laughs> so so like part of me is like cuz in my day job I do a lot of creating the tools that other people use to do something cool okay like um like I, I do a lot of, I, I'm, I'm in security management and like uh, I, I built an entire system to track like the activities that our guards used to do because I didn't like what we were using before, which was two spreadsheets and a Word document. Oh, no. <laughs> so designing a game to me is kind of like that. It's like, okay, well, I can build this cool foundation. Other people can have fun with it, make something also super cool. Mm -hmm. And ta-da, <laughs> it's just like just like that other thing I do. And I don't know, it just, honestly, it seemed really fun. And with a bunch of people basically going, you can do this, I went, I can do this. So I did. That's uh, I want to say that... 
that was definitely forced thrown shade at the fact that we just use spreadsheets right now to handle all oh. of the co-op business. Oh and, no. Oh no, no, Forrest, no, no. And Forrest was like, that's it. I'm setting something up for us. <laughs> oh no, I am not lying at all. My my old office, it was it was even more shoestring. So I mean, like I I can I can relate to that because I can remember um I, I, for a bunch of years, I did um, uh, uh, night audit at hotels, and some of the setups these hotels had was sad, and like these high-end hotels, um, I went to one, and what they wanted was uh, us to, to add on an old calculating machine um, oh, geez. all the receipts for the night, yeah, um, and so I built a spreadsheet uh, in Excel. And when the accountant found out about that, they said, no, use my spreadsheet. It's better. And it was the same spreadsheet, except it didn't total things. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so. Nice. Uh, yeah. And this was a very high-end hotel in my city. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I can I can understand it. So, I, so basically what you did is you pivoted this skill that, that – you you make a living from to be something to, to work with something that you love and could hopefully make a living from right exactly exactly yeah because security is cool and all but it barely pays the bills and it's not something i love doing i'm just good at it <laughs> so... and if you're gonna barely pay the bills you might as well barely pay the bills doing what you love <laughs> yeah or at least something fun you know <laughs> I want I want a t-shirt that says that. <laughs> um, that's amazing. Um, has this has this led to um, to to some collaborations that may not have occurred? You know, like somebody says, "Oh, well, I have this idea for a game, but I'm not sure where to go with it or anything like that." Oh, absolutely, on a daily basis. Oh wow. Okay. Oh yeah. The, uh, the the chat in the Discord is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, anytime someone runs into something, it's just like, hey, here's a link. Can uh, someone go in here and just kind of, you know, tune this up or let me know what you think or push me in the direction you need to go? And like instantly you'll see three or four of the little anonymous animals up in the Google Sheet uh, <laughs> popping in there, looking over it, uh, helping them out. Uh, just, and that's that's the other thing is like, yeah, we want to be able to make, um, you know, at least decent money doing this. Or if it's not decent money, at least it's our money. Sure. Um, but the, it's also an environmental thing where it's like everyone here is so supportive. Um, you know, it's all people first. So in this last one, we had someone who uh, they they felt like you know we just had they had a lot going on. They couldn't they couldn't get the game they were making through. And we're like, dude, that's cool. We understand uh, that that must be your game for you know short games volume digest too. Um, you know, anytime someone has has an emergency or an issue, it's not like, oh, well, you know what, you're fired. Yeah. Um, and we get a lot of, and that's the other thing too, is because it's kind of a mentorship thing where it's all learning by by doing. You know, hey, I I try to do this thing, is this right? Um, we can make mistakes, and it's not like, oh, well, you fucked this up, so you get fired. I don't yeah. know if I'm allowed to swear on your podcast, but I did. So yeah, you, you are. No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, you know, it's like it's you know, in the modern world, in the corporate culture, if you mess up, 
that can have a lot of far-reaching consequences for you, be it not getting paid, be it losing your job, be it, you know, your performance review or, you know, whatever. And we don't, we don't have to deal with that. Hey, you messed up. That's cool. You learned. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, that's, that's good. And that's part of life. And it's, it's something that gets diminished a lot as we, as we become adults that we, we don't really think about because when you're a kid, you, you're allowed to mess up and, you know, unless your parents are absolutely atrocious um, <laughs> and learn from that. Um, but, you know, as you grow up, it's like, now you have to be perfect. And we don't really think about how that impacts us, but it's so much easier to learn when you can make mistakes and, you know, correct from there. Oh, absolutely. I mean, my life changed drastically when somebody told me, hey, you learn by failing. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I'd forgotten that after, I don't know. Well, and that's one of the, yeah, that's, that's one of the things like, I like that reflected. Um, I'm going to, since we're talking about role-playing games and it's a podcast about role-playing games, one of my favorite, uh, one of, one of my favorite leveling mechanics for stuff is uh, the mouse guard system. I don't know if burning wheel, which is based on works the same, but to level up a skill, you have to get a certain number of successes and failures with that. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I always loved that. I love that. Like, I succeeded 10 times. All right, well, you need to fail three times or that skill's not going anywhere. Yeah. You know, and I love, I love that that mechanic. And it's just so good that we don't see the, the fail to success very often. The fail forward model is such yeah. a good yeah. yeah. Yeah, or or like to use a slightly like, um, I guess more, I, want, I don't want to say more modern because mm. RPGs never die. Like, I still <laughs> love playing Traveler, like Mongoose Traveler from <laughs> 1982, you know? Um, but to use sort of more the new hotness model, like PBTA, like you you gain yeah. experience yes. by failing. Every time yeah. you fail, you get to mark XP. Yeah. And that's yeah. that's wonderful. And that's how it works in real life. It's just we're not allowed to, you know, actually do that because if we do that, we get screwed. <laughs> Well, if we do that, um, George McManager man doesn't get his yeah. second bonus of the year, yeah, and right. that—that's why we get f- fired. Yeah, and everyone yeah. gets angry. Yeah, um, I mean there are ways around that uh, in the in the real world, but we'll talk about that after after the interviews because <laughs> that's not that's not interesting to my listeners. You guys are, um, but um, so. Uh, on that, on that same token, um, one of the things that, that I'm thinking of, because the fail forward thing actually makes me think of, like, and I can't remember what game it was, and it was one of those insanely complex games that, like, one friend you knew, like, played, and he was really, really smart and knew everything. And then you're, like, trying to play this game, you're like, this is terrible. But it was, it, it had a million skills, and if you failed in a skill that meant that you could advance that skill. Um, yeah. And it was it was all based on percentages, so it meant that like early on you're failing all the time, but that you could advance. Um, and then it had like a whole bunch of, might, was it Rollmaster? No, I don't know. Um, could have been, could have also been like, uh, what the hell is it called, um, Harn? Yeah, it might have been Harn. Oh, I, I, I know I played both at least once. Um, and was not super excited. But anyways, the, my point being that like the DNA for a lot of the, the components that we look at in modern gaming exists in in early gaming. With this, oh, sure. with the games that you're looking at right now, can you see some of the elements, some elements that might be 
you know, end up in D and D six edition, like um, <laughs> like like advantage disadvantage ended up in D and I mean, I sure hope so. Yeah, that'd yeah, be that'd rad. Be, that'd be fantastic. Um, you know, and, and that's gonna you know the game game industry always tries to take what works while keeping their keeping you know whatever their niche niche thing is like dmd is always going to try to be d20 because that's what it is mm -hmm. but it's definitely going to try to like what's popular right now let's pull that in um you know but, you know i feel like a lot of the uh the way they handle the uh, inspiration and the motive you know all your you know little uh character traits and flaws and stuff was them being like oh man fate's really popular right now let's put some aspect like things in here yep. let's just slap it on there real quick <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, you know, and that's that's always going to be a thing where you know you're going to want to keep your core, but if you have a one main system, you're going to keep that core. But you're going to look around and be like, what are people liking right now? Yeah, yeah. Uh, how can we put that in our game, but we want to keep it our game? Yeah. So I, I mean, that'd be cool if we, you know, one of the games that one of the people in our co-op uh, pushes out or projects in our co-op pushes out um, makes it popular enough that games are trying to swipe from it. I would love to see that. That's yeah. I mean, it's the sincerest form of flattery, right? Right. <laughs> um, so we're we're nearing the end of our time, unfortunately. Um, but I will say, and you know, okay. I say this to every all all, all my guests. And I've said this every time. Um, you're you you're welcome to come on anytime. I'm sincere about it every time. Um, however, I think I think we have a topic that would be really fun to just have a bunch of people whining about um i'd be whining because there's a few games that i was hoping we'd be at. oh yeah looking at you ghostbusters okay. um <laughs> but uh but uh anyways um so so let me i guess like kind of as a as a broad question um what what is it like, what can we look forward to with with this? What are what are uh, you know, what's what's your moonshot maybe? Well, um, we're looking at like we said, uh, quarterly short game digests mm -hmm. of the same quality as what we're putting out this first time. In fact, hopefully better. Practice does make at least, if not purpose, perfect at least better. Um, and like we said, we, we get all these cool project ideas and that seems to go in between. So mm -hmm. I don't know, I think you're looking for a lot from us because uh, we seem to be able to do a lot. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, I'd say with, with you, like what's our moonshot? I don't know if we're gonna put out some, some single game that's gonna like shatter the industry. Um, I'm more looking at our moonshot is gonna be what we bring to the table as a as a, a piece of the industry um you know it's an open co-op if you want to make games like well you're gonna have the discord link in the notes here come on in see what we're about um there's no like like you know unless you're an absolute dick you're you're gonna be welcome <laughs> um and so you know i feel like our moonshot is really giving a place for people to come and make games and make cool games and hopefully make some money doing it and uh just a lot of options wow that's a better um, reason you know, for a moonshot than the moonshot 
um, I do I, I do want to say real quick that you know with the you know talked about the mentoring and uh, we briefly touched on the role players guide to heists. Um, Nam Liam Ginty of Sandy Pug Games has has quite a few uh, at least a couple successful Kickstarters under their belt. They've been through that process a lot and as as like anyone in the industry knows at this point or you know anyone who plays games a lot. Kickstarter is a big part of the industry at this point. Mm-hmm. And I've mm-hmm. seen a lot of I've seen a lot of horror stories from first person first first time game designers going through their Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the role players guide to heist is going to be kickstarted. Um, and this this is also operating as as Liam kind of going through and teaching us the process of kicks of how to kickstart a game. You know how to break down the how much you're going to need stuff like that and everything that goes with it so that it's something we can get a a a little bit of a taste for without stressing out and struggling on our own game and figuring all this out afterwards that's that's like a master's class in in like uh uh (laughs) funding (laughs) i don't know yeah no absolutely this that's this entire thing is like you know we have so many talented people that know what they're doing in the industry and in game design and you know it's not you know i've had a few people like oh tell me about the mentorship thing and it's like it's not like we sit down and have class but it's like hey um i need to do this thing how do you do that here's how you do it um you know when we first started he sat down and he kind of we have these little uh they're they're probably not the most legally binding contracts but he kind of covers all the basis and let us know like how this works so we get used to using them in the industry if we you know end up working in the industry um you know just going through stuff like that but most of the time it's very work as you do if you mess up you know they'll tell you how to fix it or they'll tell you what you did wrong and you can you know do it better next time or if you have any questions you come to them and they answer it and it's just like that hands-on mentorship while you're doing stuff um, very, very useful if you want to get into the industry <laughs> and get in and make games. Uh, just super, super useful and super supportive. I'm very impressed. Um, uh, yeah, I'm. I'm so glad. Uh, I'm so glad to to have the two of you on. Um, any last words that you want to throw out there to to the audience? Anything, Heather? <laughs> I mean, um, yep. people ask me for last words, and my mind immediately goes to Monday. All right. So, well, uh, I'll go there ahead you and go. With, uh, you know, uh, there's going to be a link to the Discord. If you are interested, feel free to join us at the very least. Nothing wrong with dropping in the Discord saying, hey, I'm interested, and just keeping an eye on it. Yeah. Like, you know, if you're shy, if you're a little worried, if you want to ease your way into it, you can totally just come hang out and watch the process happen and then jump in when you're ready. Anytime someone's like, hey, I got a new project. If you feel like this is the time, jump on in. We'd love to have you. And like, truly, if I can do this, you can do this because <laughs> I'm the one that thinks of things like mate as my last word. So there you go. <laughs> I thought those were great last words. Um, so, so I'm going to ask, I'm going to try to do something different, um, because I usually end the show with, uh, telling the audience to stay classy, stay classy lounge lizards. Um, and, um, I, I, in the spirit of cooperation, how would, how would the two of you like to try saying it with me? 
Okay. You want to try it? Okay. All right. I'm down. All right. I'm going to do a three, two, one. Ready? Are we doing it on one or after one? It, <laughs> three, two, one, do it. Okay. 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 So, three, two, one. Stay classy. Stay classy. 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 <laughs> perfect. That was, perfect. That was perfect. Good job, comrades. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man oh that was so fun San Gennaro co-op uh, Dairos is okay let me just say this the book is out it's on drive-thru it is number five best selling right now on drive-thru hey lounge lizards do me a favor go buy it get it to number one this this project is amazing. It's exactly what the show is about. And I just, you're, you just got to check it out. Um, thank you so much for them coming on. You can go find that on drive through, uh, right now. Uh, there is a link in the show notes. Um, I have been Jesse doc Edmund. I'll see you soon with some origins. Goodness. Take it away. Love of my life. The Lounge is a misdirected Mark production. The media arm of Encoded Designs with lots of great shows like this one. Misdirected Mark. Chris, Phil, Bob, and Camden go live every Tuesday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern to break down and get inside games, game mastering, playing games, and game design in an effort to entertain and inform you. The lounge theme, and so it begins by artificial music, is used under Creative Commons 3.0. Support Contessa at contessa.rocks. Find your host, Jesse Doc Admin, at Doc Palindrome on Twitter. All the links from this episode can be found in the episode description. Stay classy, lounge lizards.